The whole point of the 12 steps of recovery is to have a spiritual awakening. That is, the point is to change. Now, I have my own spin on what the big book says, and I think of it like this. As a result of my recovery, I can be, see, think, do, and have that which I could not be, see, think, do, and have before recovery. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I'm a boundaries coach who specializes in helping women who are focused on what others are thinking and doing and neglect themselves in the process. And I have coached hundreds of people on how to build healthy boundaries using my exclusive build framework. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. I'm an avid beachcomber who collects sea glass, shells, wood, and stones. I am a formerly closeted fan of the Hallmark Channel, especially the Christmas movies. Hello, Christmas in July. I wear fingerless gloves from September to June because my hands are always cold, so I have about 15 pairs. And I get a huge kick out of counting how many days, weeks, and months there are until my birthday or Christmas at completely random times of the year. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on your social media and tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 219, How to Understand What a Spiritual Awakening Is, and Three Personal Examples. There were three things in particular that happened to me in early recovery that I want to talk about today. In retrospect, I've come to see them as spiritual awakenings. Before I go into the details about those events, however, I want to tell you, for those who have never heard how the big book in AA refers to spiritual awakenings, essentially, a spiritual awakening means that we are changed. And the whole point of the 12 steps of recovery is to have a spiritual awakening. That is, the point is to change. Now, I have my own spin on what the big book says, and I think of it like this. As a result of my recovery, I can be, see, think, do, and have that which I could not be, see, think, do, and have before recovery. The big book also talks about varieties of spiritual awakenings. There's the bright light spiritual awakening, which is what most people probably think of when they hear the term. It is in a flash. We have an understanding. Maybe there is an actual bright light. This is like the experience Bill W. had in the hospital that enabled him to stop drinking. We are fundamentally changed after such an experience. And then there is the spiritual awakening of the educational variety. This is where we get insight after insight. We learn new things and make incremental changes. And then there's a third way of having a spiritual awakening, which is like a combination of the first two. 
You may have a so-called bright light experience, and you may also have insight after insight after insight. Either way, the result is that you're changed after such experiences. Now, some people get scared away by the language spiritual awakening, particularly if they're atheist or agnostic. Now, I never had something like a bright light experience during my spiritual awakenings, but I did have realizations that hit me so hard that I was fundamentally changed by them. And I've also had scores of insights about myself and recovery where I've changed a little bit here and a little bit there, and I'm a very different person than I was when I got into recovery. I am changed. So hopefully hearing those definitions and hearing my stories about my spiritual awakenings will make that language more approachable to you if you are not someone with whom that resonates. All right. So number one, this was pretty early in my recovery. I was driving on my way to work and the traffic was fucking crawling. And the third time I went to pump the brakes really hard, the thought came into my head, I need to leave more space between cars. Now that thought seemed like it came out of nowhere. I'd never thought anything like that before. And then I thought, holy shit, that's my program. It's working. Oh my God, my program is working. I need to leave more space between cars. In other words, I'm causing a problem by following too closely in this heavy traffic. I have something to do with the difficult experience I'm having while I'm driving. When I got to work, I sat in the parking lot and just had this cascade of understanding of all these things that I was doing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm the problem. Holy shit, I'm the problem. And I don't mean that in a self-deprecating way, but in an empowering way. I was like, wait, I can actually do something about these things if I'm causing the problem? That means I can fix or eliminate some of the problems that I was having. What was really amazing about that was that I changed into a completely different driver the very next time I got in the car. I had been the kind of driver who took out all of my anxiety, tension, resentment, etc. against other people and the world while I was in the car driving. Now, I didn't do the thing where you like stick your head out the window or you flip people off and, you know, with your hand out the window because I didn't want to get shot. I contained all that anger within the confines of the car, and I was way worse about this stuff when I was alone in the car, but I did do some of that when other people were in the car. After I had that spiritual awakening, which I didn't identify as such for quite some time, I started being a much more agreeable driver. Now, I processed all of that with a therapist I was with at the time, and she helped me see that because I never expressed my difficulties with other people directly, I had to get those emotions out somewhere. So I did it when I was alone in the car, which meant that nobody was affected by it except me. Because of that experience, I started driving very differently. I started driving the speed limit in the right lane instead of speeding in the left lane. Instead of thinking people should get the fuck out of my way, I slowed down or I moved to another lane or I went around them. 
I made sure that I stopped completely at stop signs. If someone pulled in front of me, I didn't lose my shit and lay on the horn or drive up their ass the way I used to. I either slowed down or I sped up or I swerved, whatever I needed to do to avoid an accident. Because I was like, okay, this is what's happening. This person has pulled in front of me. I don't have to get incensed when that happens. I can just slow down or speed up or whatever the situation requires. It doesn't require me losing my shit. Now, in the past, if I was driving with someone in the car and I got upset about someone else's driving, sometimes a passenger of mine might say something like, what are you getting all upset about? And I didn't even know what the fuck that meant. Like, what do you mean? Why are you getting upset? To me, somebody driving like an asshole equals I get upset. I honestly didn't know that it was an option to not get upset about that. That's the kind of behavior I saw growing up. That's how I learned to drive. That is, you get mad and swear at people for doing dumb shit that you don't want them to do. So that was spiritual awakening number one. Number two was where I got clarity about my own victim mentality. I think that first awakening I just mentioned contributed to me being able to see my victim mentality, but I did not realize that until much, much later. And to be honest, I think a large part of the denial that I talk about several times on this podcast, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about, has been me coming more and more out of victim mentality. So this process is not over. But the first time that I was clear, oh, wait, I have victim mentality, was from doing my relationship inventory in ACA. When I realized that in every single romantic relationship I had, my attitude was, If he would just fill in the blank, then everything would be okay. And I say he because I'm heterosexual and I date men. And that meant I was acting like I've got absolutely nothing to do with the status of the relationship. What's really ironic here is that as long as I can remember, when I would talk with friends, men or women, about their relationships, excuse me, I mean, when my friends would bitch about their relationships, I would say something like, you know, you're 50% of that relationship, which means you're 50% responsible for the status of the relationship. So I could see that as being true for other people, but I couldn't see it about me in my relationships. Talk about projection. That realization in my romantic relationships was the thing that cracked open the door of my understanding about my own victim mentality. So then I started to realize I had that mentality in other relationships too with my boss. I used to think, well, if she would just show up on time, follow through, do what she said she was going to do, then everything would change. I was acting like I can't do anything. I'm just waiting around for her to change instead of taking some kind of action to change the situation myself, which could have been leaving the job, honestly. And then I realized that I also had friends that I was hoping would change too. So I started seeing that I had this mentality elsewhere. What was really surprising to me was that I could spot victim mentality in others very easily because I was going to rescue those people, but I could not see it in myself until recovery. 
Now, granted, I am not the classic person with victim mentality, to be sure. I am not someone who walks around thinking, woe is me. The world is against me. Everybody hates me. The universe doesn't love me. So it's, for me, this really like insidious, nuanced kind of victim mentality. In ACA, we talk about being a reactor instead of an actor in your life. In OA, we say that we start to act on life rather than reacting to it. And this is what we're talking about. All right, spiritual awakening number three. I was doing step one with my first sponsor in OA. Now, mind you, I had already done step one in the ACA program quite some time before. Well, I mean, like a year before. So this was my second time looking at how my life had become unmanageable. But there was something about the way that she asked the questions of me that really opened me up. I was writing down all the areas of my life where it was unmanageable. And guess what? It was literally every fucking area of my life. My romantic relationships, friendships, colleagues, my finances, my health, my housekeeping, my weight, blah, 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 blah. So I had this realization like, oh my God, I can literally not run one fucking area of my life well. And yet, I think people should listen to me and do things my way. And the absolute absurdity of that struck me so hard that I started laughing. I laughed so fucking hard that I was rolling back and forth in my bed, holding onto my ribs because they hurt from laughing so hard. And I could just not stop laughing. It was just so ridiculous, so absurd. And it was also a very humbling experience. It was a spiritual awakening because I saw myself with crystal clarity from a variety of perspectives for the very first time. Now, I had seen glimpses here and there in the previous, I don't know, 16 to 18 months I'd been in recovery. But this was all at once. I saw myself from every angle and I was like, what the fuck? Now, this is not about me beating the shit out of myself. It was, hey, let's look at reality. Let's look at what's actually happening. Let's look at my part in things. And that, to me, is what step four is really all about. We're learning to look for our part in things. And we, most of us, never did that before. So it took me some time to realize that that also was a spiritual awakening. So those are my three examples. I need to leave more space between cars and I have victim mentality and I've already forgotten what the second one was. You heard it, sorry. (laughs) So what I'd love to hear from you is what is a spiritual awakening you've had in your life? Please DM me on Instagram at Higher Power Coaching or email me barb at higherpowercoachingcc.com. I'd really love to hear the spiritual awakenings you have. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, 
this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.